Welcome to another edition of Pillow Talk with Kenzie and Spencer. Kenzie, it's been a little while, hasn't it? It's been a hot minute. Yeah, hot to say the least. A lot has happened. Uh, John is actually a full-fledged cop now. That's pretty neat. And uh, Way to go, John. And uh, we have a baby whose name is Graham, and uh, he's actually with us tonight. He probably won't speak, otherwise it'll just be a shriek. Um, but Graham does enjoy some good pillow talk, does he not? Does he? As much as any four-week-old, well, almost four-week-old could. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess having a baby is really, and because this is a more communication-based podcast, it's it's really kind of opened my eyes maybe to certain aspects of communication that I didn't really think of before. I don't know if it's done the same for you. Well, sorry, I'm really tired. <laughs> oh, are you? It's like you just had a baby or something? Yeah. See, he keeps me up all night. <laughs> that's actually what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> oh, can you? Well, okay, what about it? Practicing good communication principles when you're really, really tired. Okay. I think that having a baby is just difficult anyway. Like tonight at dinner, it was almost hard. Like it seems like we have to take shifts eating because one of us has to be entertaining the baby, or helping them out in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's really hard. I think another thing that's hard is trying to deal with family members or friends that want to come visit the baby and they want to be helpful, but sometimes they aren't the most, but you don't really know how to communicate that because they really are trying to be nice. And on top of it, you're just exhausted. And then really, I mean, babies are expensive. Like just to get them here in a hospital, expensive. And then you have to have like a deep conversation with your spouse about the financial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. while you're completely exhausted <laughs> and all in all it's kind of hard so yeah I don't know I don't know that we're perfect at it I mean we're definitely still learning but is there anything that you've been doing to try to help with that or because I really don't feel like you've even been argumentative or contentious with me through these four weeks but well <laughs> um I'm glad you don't think so because in my mind, I'm very, <laughs> very um, confrontational. Yeah. Yeah, but I do try really hard to actively not, like, I don't know, be mean or, like, start anything. Oh, you're okay, buddy. Um, just because I am aware, like, The sleep deprivation, the hormones, the whatever that comes with postpartum, um, it's making me feel kind of crazy. It's making me feel, I don't know, I don't, I, like, I'm too tired to even put it into, like, words, but I have noticed that, like, the more tired I am, the more just kind of resentful I feel or the more angry or the more just all of these negative things, which are normal. Um, but I know that it's like, like whatever I'm angry at, you aren't doing on purpose or, um, whatever else. So I think it just, I have to put it into perspective. Like, Yeah, I'm feeling this, but logically I know that what I'm feeling isn't 
like it's just my my brain or my body telling me these things that aren't real. Does that make sense? I feel like yeah. I'm just kind of talking in circles. No, it's actually kind of, I mean, it seems obvious, I think, and I don't know if people will find that to be true, but I mean, it, it is separating it, like just knowing where this problem is actually coming from. Like, do I actually have a problem with this person or is what they're doing currently annoying to me because I am so sleep deprived and I just want to get to bed, but I feel like I can't <laughs> Yeah. or whatever else, you know, like you feel kind of stuck so that you're trying your best to separate one people from the actual issues, which in this case really is just sleep deprivation, hormonal changes, battling other things and possibly other people just not understanding it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, kind of being able to build off from that. So that your communication can still be somewhat productive and effective, even though, I mean, the other thing, babies just seem to slow everything down. Like a task as simple as laundry that should have just taken, you know, two hours or something is taking like two or three days sometimes or something. I mean, dishes pile up more than they ever have, at least in our home. And I'm just overall, we're sleeping on our couch because our room felt too cold for him. But I think one thing that, um... Maybe it has to deal with postpartum depression to an extent. But with that, like things slowing down, communication being different, and, you know, just being sleep deprived. I think one thing is that the baby completely consumes your life. Like everything you do, you know, yeah, it's consumed by the baby. What Like, oh, well, I want to do this, but like baby's got to eat in two hours or want to do this but like baby is involved or you're talking with people and all we talk about is the baby and things like that which good bad whatever I mean it's he is the biggest part of our life right now for sure yeah but I think for me I have an easier time separating it because I have been working and so I kind of have like that break where I can kind of think of other things and I'm focused on something else or I'm talking to people about work or other things but Whereas you, you're opting to be a stay-at-home mom and um, yeah, working part-time still remotely, which is awesome. But I just kind of wonder, like, do you feel like you need more, like, time almost to yourself? Like, are more things just to you that maybe would help? Um, I don't... I, mm, yes and no. I don't necessarily need to, like, go out and do stuff, or I don't need to, like, be away from the baby necessarily. Like, it's nice to go get a shower, which is the first time I've ever said that in my life. <laughs> but mostly just because um, postpartum makes you really smelly, and I'm tired of smelling bad. <laughs> but I don't know that I need to be away from him. I think it's more a matter of just... Uh, I don't know, like, at three in the morning, it's really hard to want to get up and not get mad at you for not getting up. (laughs) And that's just the only time that I really feel it. (laughs) Or when he's, like, hysterically crying and I have no clue what he's trying to tell us. Yeah, that's hard. Like, that's more when I need the the break, which I think is normal. Um... Mm. But overall, I'm not the type of person that's like, I need to get out. I need to 
go do other things. Like, I really love being at home, and I really love being with Graham and you. And, like, that's all I really need mm-hmm. and want. I think hanging out with friends with all of us is great, and I love that. But I don't necessarily need to do that alone. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I kind of think... um Honestly, once he gets older, too, and maybe COVID kind of goes down a little with this vaccine, um, we'll be able, you know, actually to take him to a few places and yeah. have it be enjoy- an enjoyable experience for sure. Um, ultimately, though, sorry about the whole 3 a.m. thing. I know you also let me sleep because I do got to get to work and yeah, wake up again, and whatnot. Like, I know it's not. Logically, I understand. Yeah. But in the moment... It's hard. It's super hard. Like, it's hard when Graham just, like, needs to eat all the time. <laughs> right. And I can't give him the sweet milk because off my own body. And, yeah, like, it's on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was my decision. Well, our decision to an extent as well. But I kind of let you make that one because it is your body. (laughs) Mostly my decision. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just hard. It's really hard to be so tired and to want help. But Mm -hmm. there's not a lot that, like, other people can do at this point. Like, I want a break from, (laughs) from nursing him. But that's not really a reality. Right. Yeah, so it makes it hard. Yeah. And on top of it, your body just went through so much, and it's so much to process, and all of a sudden it's it's like in an instant you're just supposed to have something figured out, is what it seems like. Yeah. And then you just kind of think, like, man, people that are 16 somehow, like, figured it out and raised a baby. Or, as my dad said, there are children that are thrown in dumpsters and live like they survive it. So, I mean, <laughs> ultimately we're doing something better than that. But yeah, it's a step above feeding our child child in a dumpster. dumpster. But hey, I mean, maybe a few <laughs> steps above that. But yeah, doing our best. I feel pretty clueless. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that too. And but I think with that, another interesting question might be: Do you regret like having Graham? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there have been a few times where. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I regret it. I think that I really miss what we had before. Mm -hmm. I really miss sleeping. Mm -hmm. I really miss having a little more independence and like being able to just, like you said, like not have to have our schedule around every two hours he needs to eat. Yeah. Like I miss being able to just clean the house (laughs) yeah um so I don't regret having him I really love him and I'm really grateful that he's here and he's ours Mm -hmm. it's just hard no I agree and it's hard to like love every moment of it yeah and I don't yeah I don't think anybody does I think if someone says they love every moment they're lying yeah, I agree 100%. Because I, I feel really similar. 
I don't regret having him at all. I think um, anything that's really, really good in this life often requires sacrifice. Like, nothing actually comes for free, yeah. you know? And it requires some amount of sacrifice, and this is no exception. Graham is probably the best thing ever. <laughs> like, he is amazing, and I love this little rad baby of ours. But he's also kind of a turd, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and it came at a sacrifice of other things, like our independence, like, um, you know, just a life that we really had before, just you and me, that mm -hmm. wasn't bad by any stretch, but I, I mean, right now, getting through this, it's hard to think that, oh, this is actually really improving that life in a way that is indescribable. And just in those difficult moments, it's hard. But, like, right now, even, just sitting here watching him sleep, it's, like, it's amazing that here's something that we created together, and he looks so peaceful and so just perfect. Yeah, for and, now. Yeah. And when he starts screaming and we can't control it at that point, then it's, like, what? I don't think it's a regret at that point. It's just a questioning, like, what were we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but... There's just those small other moments throughout the day where you really do realize, like, wow, this is so worth it. <laughs> and it's hard to get those. And it's probably easier for me because I'm not having to do as much. <laughs> but still, I just think... Uh, do you really feel like you aren't doing as much? Because I feel like all I really do is feed him. And then when he gets cranky, I just hand him off to you. And um, I feel like that's a lot... Well, and when I'm feeding him, like, I'm really demanding, like, I need water. I need a snack. <laughs> I need whatever. There are so only... you are still doing a lot. <laughs> there are only a few times where maybe I feel like I'm doing something more. It's usually right after you finish feeding him, and because I have the easier access to the bassinet, I have to try to put him down <laughs> and get him to stay asleep while I'm putting him down. And at that point, then I kind of feel a little iffy, or there were a few times where, like, it was so close to my normal getting up time, but, like, I was really just trying to make sure you got some sleep. So yeah. I, like, I tried to take him during that time and tried my best to keep him quiet and whatever. Like, I feel like I'm not not doing anything. And things are changing now because I was working half days through the new year, and then now I'm actually going to start, you know, full-time again. Yeah, now you need more sleep at night, and I... <laughs> I don't necessarily know if it's more sleep at night. I, I think need it's more just... help at night. I'm actually thinking more in the afternoons. Mm. But I think what's hard is that, you know, I get this eight-hour block, essentially, where it's just me and my computers. <laughs> and uh, you, I mean, you're stuck with Graham <laughs> for the full 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know, we're finding out a balance. And that's the other thing. I think if <laughs> if people want to compare what's fair, it's never, ever going to be fair. It's ever. not. Like, quite frankly, especially from the male perspective, it's just not ever going to be fair. Your wife uh, or girlfriend or whatever else, whoever you got pregnant, is always going to be doing more no matter what. <laughs> like, the especially in this newborn stage, maybe it changes later on when a dad can get more involved. And I mean, there's like formula feeds and things like that. I get it. But fact of the mm -hmm. matter is your body didn't just go through 
an incredible amount of pain and suffering and hormonal changes that you're, that you're adapting to. And your body still changes for sure. I'm not trying to discredit like postpartum changes in dads because I'm definitely feeling those as well. Yeah. But just that, you know, your body didn't spend 40 weeks building up this incredible amount of hormones and then come crashing down all in an instant. And you're supposed to just figure out how to keep this thing alive. And if you do choose breastfeeding, you're like, you're literally its source of life still off of your body that's recovering from so much. And it's a hard thing to learn for both you and your baby that they're figuring it out too. Yeah. So, I mean, getting back on point, it's never going to be fair. Don't try to make it fair. But try to help out as much as you can and do your part, as whatever that looks like. That I feel like my part right now is trying to really provide money for our family so that we can keep going and living and doing what it is that we need to do. And uh, I feel good about it. You feel good about it. That's a decision we came to. So, I don't know. And then just doing other little things. Like, it's not a big deal for me to get water or to do the dishes or to try to get dinner prepared somehow, which I don't do as much. <laughs> or right now, even just, like, getting our bed set up, that I feel like we've tag-teamed that a little bit. But for the most part, still, I just feel like there's nothing I could do that's going to be more than what you're currently doing to make sure that Graham is a-okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to say there has to be either, once again. that I'm not going for fairness. I'm just going for trying to do the best to do whatever part I need to do in the particular day. Right. Like, we're partners in this. Yeah. And so we need to be partners. Yeah. Um. In the middle of the night, when he does start crying, um, does it just take you to leadership and self-deception in that example that he gives. I'm trying to Do you remember, remember the example. That? No. So basically it's our situation where there's the <laughs> the mom and dad and the baby starts crying and it wakes them both up but one of them is like in their mind like well I'm not going to get up like I'm just going to wait and see if like my husband gets up or whatever. And then he doesn't he's singing the same thing and then the baby's just crying and then it keeps like building and building inside of the couple and then it puts them in the box mm. and like makes them resent the other one a little bit because even though like they had the thought like oh I, I could get up and do this but I'm gonna like see if my spouse will do it <laughs> do you remember that? Somewhat. I feel like I live it sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I think about that all the time now. Here's my issue, too. I don't know what it is. I could probably sleep through, like, a fire engine. But, uh, so sometimes Graham is crying, and I just don't notice it. Or it's, like, part of my dream somehow. Like, there's somebody, like, cheering. Yeah. And, uh, it's actually Graham crying in IRL. And then sometimes even, like, you try to shake me awake and I'm still not getting the point and it's because in my dream. The other... Okay, so this is a little bit embarrassing. But the other day you tried shaking me awake. Yeah. <laughs> in my dream, it was my coworker that was, like, kept leaning their head on my shoulder. <laughs> oh my like, as we were working, it was <laughs> my coworker Adam Hansen. <laughs> I had this dream that he kept leaning his head on my shoulder and being like, 
come on, get up, get up, get up. And it's like, what is going on? <laughs> Adam just really wanted you to get up and help me. <laughs> yeah, apparently in my dream, subconsciously. But um, there's only one other thing that I did want to talk about right now Okay. with that. And it is um, the decision to actually have a baby. Like we said, we don't regret it, um, even though it is really difficult. But... Um, for a couple that maybe has differing opinions on it, of one wants to wait, one doesn't want to wait, like, what would you tell them? Um, I, I think it just depends on the situation, because for us, I think we both wanted it. Mm-hmm. But I think a huge reason why I wanted it was because I am getting older, and I assumed that we wanted more than one kid. Mm-hmm. Um... And so, like, that was really a huge factor in it. Like, I don't want to be, you know, 55 taking my kid to first grade. Yeah. Um, so, for a couple that... I hope that picked up. Graham just had a nice little snore. Mm. <laughs> He's pretty cute when he sleeps. Mm-hmm. Um... But for the couple that, like, one really wants it and the other one doesn't, I think you really just have to look at, like, your life at the moment. Like, is... Like, is that something that you can take on? I don't know. That's up for you guys to decide. But if one person doesn't want it, I really don't think that that's a good thing for your marriage at that time to to do it. Because I think... Even for us, who we had a pretty solid, like, foundation for our marriage, like, this has put some strain on it. Yeah, for sure. And it has been really hard, and, like, there have been moments where I resent you. Ouch. I know, like, that sucks. (laughs) I hate it. I hate that. I get those too, though. I know, it sucks. But I'm just saying, like, if one person doesn't want it, and then it happens because... (laughs) the other person does want it, like, that's just gonna, down the road, let them, like, it just opens up more resentment. Yeah. So, (laughs) I think, be on the same page, like, if you really aren't ready, then don't do it. Just because it Mm -hmm. is super, it's so hard, you guys. Yeah. Like, they're cute, but, Mm -hmm. like, just tell me what's wrong. (laughs) I kind it's frustrating. Of, Sorry. No, I just kind of think of it in, like, algebraic terms. So of course you do. <laughs> a negative and a negative make a positive. A positive and a positive make a positive. A positive and a negative make a negative. And so I think with that, you know, if you can apply that to your relationship, sometimes I think a negative and a negative, you both don't want it. Obviously, there's not a lot of marital strife there about the subject if you both aren't interested in having kids at the moment. Mm-hmm. But say, you know, an accident happens and... um. Yeah, you end up getting pregnant and you decide to have a kid. You're still in it together and, like, you got to figure it out. There's not a lot of resentment there in either direction. Say, you know, it is, um, you know, positive, positive, obviously something similar, but you did intend to have it. And I think in that situation, too, if it's positive, positive, and you're trying really hard to have it, but it's not happening with infertility and whatnot, that's a whole nother thing that's so difficult to go through. And especially if somebody wasn't actually on board with it, you know, that's a lot of time and money to be going through something that you might not actually be ready for. 
Yeah. And that's the other thing. I don't think you're actually ever ready for it. But at least if you have the desire, you're more than likely, you know, going to get yourself ready. Or if you're just forced into a situation, human beings have a pretty remarkable ability to just adapt and start to figure something out. But lastly, just with that positive and a negative, I think, one, if it's the husband, I think you have to, whether it's, you know, positive or negative, whether, whichever one you are, you have to go off what your wife is feeling. One of my biggest regrets is you felt a few years ago that we should actually have a baby. And by a few years, I mean, we've only been married for three years this week. So (laughs) within the first year of our marriage, you really felt it. And I kind of discredited it to an extent because I didn't feel it. But I mean, it really is you. Like, I feel not that, you know, a husband can't be involved or that you shouldn't have that conversation. You shouldn't communicate about it or communicate your own feelings, but push come to shove, it really is the wife or the female in the relationship that's going to be having to carry a big bulk of the load for those nine months. And even in addition after that, like there's so much that goes on, even if the husband or the male becomes a primary caretaker, that woman still has to go through so much in order to get that baby here and still feel sustainable. Like we've already talked about with just so many different hormones and things going on. So I feel like you really do have to read your wife's cues more than your own and really do your best to respect them. Mm -hmm. And then with that, from maybe the female perspective too, whether you're in it or not in it, just really try to keep it open with your husband. And remember that, you know, before you get married, you should really discuss children. But remember that in the end, you do have the same goal, that you probably both want children. It's just the timing is wrong. Or you don't want them right now, but you never know. Maybe in five years or something you will. Or maybe even in one year or in a couple months, things will change and you'll start to feel different. And the important thing is to just keep that line of communication alive and thriving and really work through it. And not only that, when I say like keep it going, like really try to go through the pros and cons with each other of what it's going to take and what it's going to look like. Talk to people that have had kids and see what they wish they would have known or done or have experienced, or whatever else, you know, and then kind of go off of that, so I think that in the end, it's, it's not going to work when it's a positive and a negative, I think that's always just going to result in a negative experience, and maybe, you know, negative experiences can still turn around into something better, it's not that it's always going to be negative, you know, but it's probably going to be more challenging, and put a little bit more um, strife and tension into your marriage, by having one person positive, one person negative, uh, and going through it. For example, my grandparents, my grandpa did not want more kids, and my grandma just stopped taking birth control because she did. So yeah. didn't tell him about it or whatever else, you know. A guy might do something that he probably shouldn't, all in the name of trying to get his wife pregnant, which is probably one of the worst things you could do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, ultimately... Just communicate. That's really the whole point of these pillow talks, you know what I mean? I do. I think it's kind of funny because I really haven't talked to you a lot about this. Like, we talk about how we feel and stuff, but I don't think I've ever told you that I have been feeling, like, some resentment towards you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is kind of therapeutic in a way. Yeah, I don't know that I was going to. (laughs) Um... I think I was just going to suck it up, but honestly, that's that's going to make it worse down the line, so. 
Oh, yeah, no, I feel, um, yeah, I'll admit it to feeling resentful on occasion, which I always feel really guilty about after, because I'm like, she's doing so much more than me. Yeah. But it's just sometimes where it's like, I feel like it's my responsibility to get Graham to go to sleep, but I, I can't, and like, it's not working for me at all. And I feel like, what am I supposed to do? Kenzie feels exhausted. I don't know what to, like, <laughs> don't know what the heck I'm doing. And Graham just keeps crying and screaming at me to where, I don't like, that's where I start to feel a little bit resentful. Yeah. Like, Why is it just on me to figure this out? <laughs> because I'm but, tired. <laughs> and that's the point. Like, we're everybody's tired and we're still, like, everybody's just trying to figure it out. Graham's trying to figure out everything for Pete's sake, like. Makes sense that he's a little fussy. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, we love him. We love each other. And it's good to, you know, just communicate about it. But, um, I guess uh, that's everything that I had. Don't know yeah. if you have anything else. I did, but honestly, I forgot it already. Um, <laughs> Sleep deprivation. I'm very tired. <laughs> so. I guess, I don't know. It's kind of interesting being in it now. Yeah, for sure. Um, as opposed to just, like, looking forward and just preparing for it. Um, but if you guys do have questions or just want to talk about, I don't know, babies and, like, relationships with babies, we love talking about it. Um, I feel like I'm... Is can you be too open about like things? I don't know. Maybe I'm too open about how it's been affecting me. Maybe I. Maybe people need to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um. Context is king. I think. Yeah, but if you do want to talk about it, we're here. Oh, I was gonna say if you going back to the like, one person wants to have kids and or a kid right then and one doesn't. The thing is, like, you have time. Like, there's no rush. And your life literally changes forever. Like, you're never... We're never not going to be grandparents at this point. Um, what? Oh, I thought you were, like, reacting to it weird. <laughs> um, and that's a... Like, that's the biggest commitment. So, if you're not ready, like, you have time... I know I said I was getting old. I guess that's the only thing that would kind of press you for time is is the women's age. Um, yeah. But even now, like, women are having children a lot later. I think the average age right now for women to have children is 30. Hmm. And it used to be, like, what, 21? Like, super young. We made the average. We are the average, but um, there's time. So don't rush it. Like, just really feel good about it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I guess, you know, until next time, good night, Ken. I love you. Good night, Spencey. I love you. Good night, Grammy.